Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, I'm flying solo without my co-host, Pete, because I got a very personal friend on the podcast today, someone that oftentimes will not do something like this because it's not really, uh, according to her, in her wheelhouse, um, but she has so much to give and so much that we can all learn from. And she's been an inspirational, positive force of my life. I'm very lucky to call her my personal friend. I met her through a series of very interesting events, but I I have the pleasure of caring for her in my dental practice. And in turn, and in kind, she has dove deep into my personal life and helped me in with immeasurably in so many different situations. And she's imparted so much wisdom to me. And um, I feel blessed in the fact that uh, she's paid it so deeply forward with me that I wanted to in turn, give you a taste of her greatness and her, her advice. Uh, so it is my distinct pleasure to welcome somebody very special, Sage Robbins to this podcast. So Sage, you may know, cause she has a very famous husband, Tony Robbins, but um, although Tony is a six foot seven force of uh, power, I always think that the biggest and most powerful aspect of that relationship is this uh, demure but extremely powerful wife he's got, Sage Robin. So uh, without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy this. And if you do, please like or share this podcast. This is gold for the right person who needs this at this moment. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy all of it. Take care, guys. First of all, it is so amazing to have you here. When I see you, it's such a sense of peace comes over to me because obviously you've been in my life for some time. And every time we see each other professionally, invariably you wind up going and checking on how I am. And there's no, there's no BS uh, factor with you. You can read me. So if I say I'm doing okay, you're like, are you, are you really okay? I'm like, well, no, actually, no, I'm going through a hard time and just appreciate your friendship and your wisdom. Um, you've been a very impactful person for me uh, personally. I appreciate you coming on this podcast because the things that we shared have not only helped me, but I've paid it forward and tried to help other people with that wisdom. So mm-hmm. just really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too. And thank you for the invitation and the feelings mutual. I've shared our, I've loved our, this session. Sometimes I'm coming in to get my tooth cleaned or some type of dental work, but somehow life always takes us deeper than that. And it's just as meaningful for me as it is for you, my dear. Uh, thank you so much. So I want to jump right in and share just something personal. And for those of you who have listened to the podcast for some time, you know that uh, a couple of years ago, I was alluding to going through a hard time uh, and I, I, I hesitate to use that language now because what I've learned from Sage as well, because I, I was going through something, I was suffering. Well, it, was, it was something really in hindsight and through our talks that I realized it was inappropriate suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an employee issue and it went, it, it kind of went bad and um, the employee was saying things about me and I made it really big and it was affecting me. It was, it was affecting me on a personal level. And you said something so interesting to me. First of all, you told me I'm overindulging in the suffering that you know god has a way or the universe has a way of if you don't learn something you'll get the volume turned up on you and you'll have to learn that lesson over and over and over you can say aha this is for my learning for my higher growth mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is that through this process and talking with you i realized i had overindulged in my suffering i made the suffering bigger than it needed to be cuz really it was an encapsulated incident i'm fine no one was hurt it's over but I went really deep and and created an identity out of the suffering. And you said something so beautiful to me. You said, who do I need to apologize to? Mm. Who who have you? You said to me, there's conscious and unconscious leadership. So unconsciously, who have you brought into your struggle along with you? Mm. And immediately, viscerally, I was like, my family. Well, Mm. go home and apologize to them. Who in your family? My wife and my children. 
And I went home that night and I sat down. I said, daddy's been going through some stuff and I inappropriately indulged. I went so far in the suffering. I made the suffering about me and I'm sorry about what I did for daddy not showing up and being distracted with that. And at that moment, Sage, my children and my wife all started crying. and It was a beautiful cathartic moment. And it was such a valuable lesson for me and one that I've actually learned since. So thank you for that. But I was able to from that conversation, realize that it's when we are taking suffering on for ourselves, we're not showing up for the people that we love. And we're showing them a clear example of, you know, a way to live. And it's just not the example I want to show for my family. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I remember that moment. And you mentioned just one thing I'd love to just touch upon, as you said, inappropriate suffering. Uh, the truth is, is we all suffer. You know, we all suffer, whether it's inappropriate or too much or too little. When I mentioned about the volume being turned up, it's we have an external circumstance, usually of a trigger of pain for you. It was that, you know, that circumstance with your employee. And we put meaning upon meaning. This shouldn't have happened. You know, this is unfair. This is unjust. And that narrative, that, that narrative becomes like a, almost like a crazy aid in our mind. And it just happens over and over and over again. And one meaning stacks, up, stacks upon another meaning. And then, you know, we'll have an interaction with somebody we love and we're not fully present or connected. And so, boom, another, you know what I mean? An, another experience and another meaning stacks. And I think, you know, what's beautiful as you would call inappropriate. I don't know if it's inappropriate because it was. Yeah, you know? good point. It was, and it caused, you know, your own internal suffering, the pain with inside yourself that was caused by your believing and thinking was turned up what you call inappropriate, but it also created an opening. I think that's the, you know, we're living in such a unique time right now in externally in the world, the volume is turned up. If you turn on the news, if you go on social media, there's a lot of dividedness, divisiveness, and inside of our own minds as human beings, it's like, this is, this is scary. This is overwhelming. I'm terrified for my life, for my family's life, my mommy, if she gets COVID or you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the injustice or whatever the labels that we put on things, they may just be a label, but with that carries meaning and carries emotion. And we carry that around unconsciously inside of ourselves. And for myself, you know, uh, at a time in my life when the volume turned up so high is when I actually turned within, you know, I was looking for something outside myself, something that had to change and it wasn't changing. Uh, and that caused me to look at myself and through that process, you know, there's amazing tools, you know, for my own, cause that's all I can share is my own experience is I use meditation and prayer. Uh, we do a priming type exercise that we do, um, that, you know, I'll share, we'll, we'll send the link that you can send it out to your, your people. And it's like, you know, we thoughts just, just come and it's like our, our mind, there's a tuning to our mind or to our consciousness through the actions of prayer meditation it tunes us, it opens us, it, it centers us, it grounds us and gives us a broader perspective than just simply the thoughts that keep regurgitating inside of our mind. Uh, and it's so hard to quiet that mind. Like you, you talk about that crazy eight and just, I think I just want to explain that to our listeners. It's like, it's just, you keep going through this certain pattern of like feeling guilty and then suffering and then anger and suffering and, and the mind just doesn't stop. I was reading this really cool book. Are you familiar with Naval Ravikant by any chance? No. I was talking to Josh about it. So Josh, I sent this book to Josh um, and uh, Naval Ravikant just wrote this book called The Almanac. And he's just brilliant. You will love this man. He's amazing. Um, and he talks about that you can't actually chase happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness is, is positive thoughts and just positivity. It's just total bullshit. Like you can't be positive all the time. Mm-hmm. And it implies a duality. If there's positive, there's negative. So he says people just need peace. 
And if you have peace and if your mind is still, happiness can enter into that space. And I I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but while you were talking, it just made me think of something. Maybe it's not inappropriate suffering. It was an overindulgence in suffering. You called me out and you got up in my face. I'll never forget the day. Remember, you're like, Spodak, are you listening to me? And like, for those of you who don't know, I'm 6'5", and she's up in my face. And I'm like, I am freaking scared. I was scared of you at that moment because you really wanted to get into my face and just make, you're not listening. You've got to get it. You've got to get it. And I so appreciate that you did that with me because at that point, the overindulgence and suffering, my identity was suffering. Yes, and to your point, then you're, if, you're, if you're suffering and that's your identity, guess what you're going to get? More suffering. Well, more suffering or crumbs of sympathy sympathy for ourselves, sympathy from others. We'll go and we'll perpetuate that and we'll share our story. And it's like, oh gosh, Craig, I'm so sorry to hear that. Then somebody else is like, oh man, I'm so sorry. But that's not really that fulfilling. That sucks, by the way. It sucks. That's why when I was, yep. Yeah, sorry. No, it's it's not uh, a liberating feeling. You know, I think we all yearn to be able to connect in a meaningful way with the people that we love and remove uh, the thoughts or the beliefs that are interfering with that reality. Yeah. I, I, it's, um, and that's why I even hesitated when I was looking back on it, it was maybe two years ago. Now I was saying, you know, just a moment ago, I I went through a really rough time. Like it really wasn't a rough time. Mm -hmm. No one got sick. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm better for it. I'm so much better for it. I learned so many lessons from that time. And, you know, I, I want to, I want to talk about a quick story that I don't think I've ever told the listeners before, and I'll keep the man's privacy because he's a listener, an avid listener of the podcast. But my partner and I had a, um, a summit, 200 people, uh, right before the COVID crisis hit last week of February. And I'm in Dallas. And at the end of the summit, there's a bunch of people waiting around to talk to us, which is nice at the end of the, um, the meeting. And there's a guy kind of sitting off in the corner um, and he's just waiting patiently. And I could see in his face, he had a lot of emotion in his face. And um, he's probably listening to this now. So I'm praying he's in a great space, but he came up to me and Peter and he was very emotional. I could see it in his face. And he said, he took a deep breath. He said, listen, I, I have, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I have two children. And he said, the only reason why I'm here physically uh, here is because of your podcast and what I heard. And I knew what he meant. I knew he was going to, you know, take his own life and he's crying and I'm crying. I cried everything. And Peter, my stoic uh, partner was actually crying too. So (laughs) kudos to him for being in touch with his emotions, but it was a beautiful moment. And all that could happen was embrace at that moment. There was no words that were fitting. We embraced and three, three men were embracing. And it made me realize these are so many people that are suffering and in dentistry post COVID that was pre COVID. That was when it was, everything was great. And we didn't have you know, the tensions or the display of tensions that we have now and all the other stressors. So we, we stack so much on ourselves and somehow this podcast has become a venue or a space for people to say like, okay, if Spodak and what he's created is still struggling, that means it's, it's giving unconscious permission to say, okay, everybody struggles. So can, can you talk about that as well? Well, I do as well. You know, all the emotions, all the periods that you talked about overindulgent of suffering or feeling angry or sad, I feel all the tapestry emotions. I think that's a human experience, you know, that's a human experience. And through those experiences or what do you call it, earth school, that we're all here, we're here to evolve. And for myself, it's like if that pain gets to a point that I feel such a resistance that I'm uncomfortable in me, you know, and I'm looking for something outside myself to distract myself or numb myself. That's just a really empty path it's been for me. And so, you know, at a certain stage, I was guided by God's grace and just started more of an inward path and and stopped begging, looking, 
hoping that the external circumstances would change to make me comfortable because it was my experience that didn't happen. And, you know, when you talk about thoughts that they're constantly happening, it's like mind thinks, dogs bark, you know, cats meow. There's, there's in, in the sky, if there's a blue sky and the clouds go by, we're not judging that there's clouds. They're not, it's just there's sometimes there's a blue sky, sometimes there's clouds. That's my same experience within my, my own mind, within all of our own minds. You know, we can have blue sky one day and you, you talk about happiness. I, I think when we have a daily practice of something that tunes us, floods us, whether it be a flood of gratitude, whether it be prayer, whether it be meditation, I look at prayer as like just simply saying thank you. Thank you for this life. I woke up this morning and my heart's beating. I did nothing for that. Thank you for this day. Because sometimes what happens is, you know, we're on social media, we're on the news, and it's just this flood of these thoughts of everything that's wrong and people demonizing individuals or blaming and just all that external discord. It's for myself to uh, have that intention and the awakeness of the miracle of, of life. You know, we're spinning on this rock in the middle of the universe right now. I'm looking at you at a screen, like we're connecting with how many thousands of people. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's you a miracle. It, it is literally a miracle. And sometimes through just the unconsciousness of the absorption of that discord can numb the reality of the miracle. And for myself, because of those thoughts, if the clouds are coming, I was making the clouds wrong. I was demonizing the fact that I was feeling something different than happiness. And it's like, okay, gosh, this is a human experience. I'm going to experience pain at times. But what is in my control is actually how much I suffer. You know, so I true experience a painful situation, whether it's a loss of a loved one or whatever happens, and we all go through it. The one thing that's guaranteed in life is that we're all going to know pain and we're all going to die. It's not a guarantee that we're going to know love or fulfillment, but it is a possibility for all of us. If we have a willingness to realize that there's no something outside that's going to fix us, it comes from within of us, you know, tuning into a higher reality, a higher meaning. And uh, like I said, I think that's the gift of having a daily practice. It floods beautiful thoughts and emotions and, and uh, higher meanings. Uh, we do a priming process. And, and, you know, those of you who are interested, it's Tony Robbins or priming at TonyRobbins.com or something of that nature. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll put the link in there too. Please. And each, in the morning, it's like you're like flooding yourself for what you're grateful for. And, you know, if you think of like how often I, I didn't even like I used to think if somebody would have said, are you grateful? I'd be like, yes, of course. I say thank you. But it's like, that's one thing, like somebody brings me something, oh, thank you, thank you, that's kind, thank you. But actually like, you know, intentionally sitting down and flooding my mind, my being, my consciousness with just beautiful things in my life, what I'm sincerely grateful for, that is infectious. That sets and tunes myself to keep my eye on that target rather than just the flood of, you know, COVID deaths or this, that, or the other, whatever is happening in the world or, you know, the upcoming election, it's like it becomes black and white or this is right or this is wrong rather than, okay, hey, you're having your human experience. I'm having that too. And it's like, how can we help each other? How can we support each other? How can we be a bomb? What's so beautiful about your uh, podcast is, you know, the impact. That's the addicting part. That's the beautiful part your courage and willingness to show your own vulnerability of what's been painful in your own reality, you know, opens the doors to show people, hey, it's possible through. That's all we can ever share. And for myself, those moments when I have felt completely out of control, I have felt terrified or alone, or I'm literally on my knees, uh, not in prayer, and I feel like I can't go on. 
that's a moment that I usually pray for help, you know, larger than myself, <laughs> for insight or for wisdom, or at least, you know, be grateful for that and have a willingness to receive that. I look at meditation as almost like, it's like a scrubbing the screen and uh, prayer is, is, you know, just a, a gratitude of a fill up of attunement that I think those two, and by the way, for people like I'm not a meditator, I don't meditate, my thoughts are too much. It can even be just 60 seconds, you know, you can just go outside and actually just notice, just notice what you see, just notice the birds or notice the gecko and close your eyes and notice the breeze on your face just to connect for that moment. A lot of times people think it's like meditation. I need to be sitting cross-legged and, and, you know, meditate. Yeah, wear some Hindu garb and have like chimes. <laughs> for 30 minutes. And by the way, that is a path. And, and I'm, I've, I, I walk that path myself, but probably for myself, um, the road in for me was more mindfulness and that mindfulness took flight to just actually noticing. I just do like 60 seconds. If I go out and I'm going to like, say, go get the mail or something, I'll literally stop and I'll just like look. And it's, it's just so beautiful. It <laughs> you is. Know, it's, it's just so beautiful when our perception, you know, uh, goes larger than what we're feeding our minds and our thoughts, which is usually just a made up story. <laughs> you know, the perception and filter of somebody on the news or for who's ever posting it. It's, but I, I, I think the gift in all of this is it's causing a lot of us to turn to something where there's more meaning and, and also come together to be able to support each other as, you know, as human beings, as brothers and sisters on this path. Yeah, it's the common frailties as humans that bring us closest together. Nice. So when we, th those frail moments, I mean, it, it oddly, and I, I won't go political, but after seeing the debate, the one thing is I felt oddly connected to my fellow citizens because one thing now we can agree upon is like, oh my God, that mm -hmm. was disappointing for everyone. So we have a commonality. It doesn't matter what side you stand on. We can all not feel proud about that. And it's widely accepted. But um, also- It's a, a beautiful observation. It's insightful of you. So thank you. So one of the things I want to talk about as well, and I don't know where I got this, it might even be from Tony himself, but I, I think of like suffering and pain. It's like it, there's, the, there's the conduit of emotion that you feel like that we have a pipe for how much emotion we can feel. And suffering is emotion as is joy, but suffering stretches the pipe. So it actually, when you go through the low troughs in life and you feel pain, all you're really doing is enlarging the capacity to feel and the joy are kind of hand in hand. So those tough times that I went through where I really suffered, whether it was inappropriate indulgence or whatever you want to call it, it was my reality. I felt it. Yeah. But when on the other side of it, I had so much more capacity to feel. Yeah. So for those of us that are, you know, like the guy I'm talking about, I told him this, I said, you know, that you, you've gone through such a dark space. You've just opened up this capacity to feel and yeah. you have, you know, is that, is that something that, I, where did I get that from? Is that a Tony thing? Well, I don't know. It's a Tony thing. I think it's, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also a human thing, you know? Yeah. My husband, Tony, uh, for those of you who are familiar, last year, right around this time, I thought I was going to lose him. And, you know, I went through everything. I was terrified. Um, I was terrified. <laughs> I was sad. I was scared. I was uncertain. You know, it was just my whole world, uh, the love of my life. I was literally, he was, you know, we were driving to the ambulance and, I, I don't know, like that depth of terror, that depth of unknown on the other side of that. And in the moment of it, we also touched upon some of the most precious moments I've ever known with him. There was just a grace. There was a grace and kindness and generosity of the nurses. There was a beauty in moments that Tony and I, my husband and I shared that we looked at each other's 
eyes and it was just like there was nothing else there but that moment of life and and awakeness to how beautiful it actually is even though i was terrified and fearful that i might lose him those were happening in both perspectives and on the other side of that yes i have it enlarged my capacity to have compassion for people going through losing a loved one and it connected me to just be more kind and considerate and empathetic in those circumstances because so you don't know what you don't know until you walk that path and you're you know you feel like you're going to lose your loved one never mind lose your loved one it was humbling it's context i mean it's incredible and fascinating that we need as human beings to see this context to to see this the sadness of the pain to appreciate sometimes we need to have that to appreciate the reality mm-hmm. uh, a buddy of mine my buddy mark um um, he got diagnosed with cancer. He had a baby at home. He got, he got diagnosed with pharyngeal cancer. And uh, I saw him the week, he, you know, when, when you get cancer and you get radiation, you oftentimes have to visit the dentist because they, they make you go get fluoride trays if you're going to get radiation to your head and neck and can hurt your teeth. So I see a lot of people before they have their radiation treatment because I have to make them a dental device. And Mark came to me and he's my age and he's a great human being. And he said, you know, what's funny, Craig, is I, I wish the context of cancer on everyone I love. Because the last week that I've been diagnosed, the two weeks I've been diagnosed with cancer, I'm, yes, I'm scared shitless. I'm scared. But I'm also not thinking about any more bullshit. The monkey brain, all the stuff in my head, all the, all the silly thoughts about worrying about business, that this is going to be okay and what's going to happen, that just quieted. It went away. And it left a permanent change for him. You know, I was with him when he was getting dialysis or chemotherapy, rather, I'm sorry, at the, uh, the treatment center. And he was so peaceful. And it's so fascinating as human beings, we oftentimes need something like that. God forbid we have to go through that. But when you have the context of sadness, of true, it's like sometimes we decide to wake up. So there's people out there that are listening to this that have to take inventory. Yes, you're unhappy. Yes, you're feeling unfulfilled. You're nervous. You're scared. I mean, Sage herself feels that way and as do I. So it's just a phase and it's time to take inventory of all the beauty and all the beauty that surrounds you, no matter what is going on, there's gotta be something that there should be, that you can be grateful for. And uh, don't wait till it gets bad enough that you need to take that inventory. Yes. And you said something beautiful, uh, Craig, you said about, you know, your friend being so close to death and yet him really living. Those two actually happen simultaneously. Like when some, when death comes closer, actually it's like, it just strips away everything, all the menial, like being upset for, you know, whoever didn't take out the garbage or for not doing that, that just drops away. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, like life. And it's so beautiful. And it's so funny. Cause right now we're living a world right now where we're trying to protect ourselves from not dying. Yeah. By <laughs> um, not living. Like, let me, sh- living, yeah. You know? And so there's that, that interesting dynamic that we're all faced with right now. And yes, I think probably what's different about death, you have no choice, but to surrender. You know, you have no choice but to accept what is because it's, you know, it's a reality that, you know, you're bumping up against. And I think through that surrender and that acceptance, the reality comes, life becomes beautiful again. And I think that that's what's happening right now in the world and the discord or people losing their businesses or dynamics changing. It's the fact that it's like holding on to what was, you know, wanting to go back here rather than it's like, okay, this is reality right now. And you know, I'm going to co-create with God. And I got here by doing that. And it doesn't mean that my life is over. It doesn't mean that I can't have fulfillment again. It doesn't mean that I can't have success again. Uh, we are adaptable and resilient by nature, just as a human species. You know, a lot of people have been feeling the collective fear because, you know, we're tuning in, not tuning in to prayer. We're tuning in to 
social media and the news and it's there's a redundancy in in what's being shared right now and, and by the way they know how to get to us i don't know if you so contagion is you know is what's more impactful uh you know the contagion of fear collectively or the virus itself there's those who have certainly passed which has been you know a tremendous loss but what's amazing and incredible is we as human beings it's like that's we're all going to die at some point whether i could go out on the you know and be in a car and get in a car crash or you know the unknown my husband last year he came home completely fine and literally five minutes later we're rushing to the hospital and he lost four pints of blood just the unknown protecting ourselves protects ourselves to some point you know and i i think our true protection is being mindful it's being aware it's being conscious of what serves our bodies our beings our lives our fulfillment our happiness and living being true to that and um serving that all right all right we hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast if you are we're going to ask a couple things in return first review us on itunes if you don't know how to do that the easiest way is to pick up your phone open the podcast app click on the album art and then scroll all the way through the episodes and you'll see review at the bottom go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve second thing if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777 that's 33777 and the word is bulletproof third thing is we've got the book as most of you all know but we've also got the audible version that dr spodak spent three days in studio and it was an arduous task and he crushed it he really should be an unaudible episode. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day, and we'll see you soon. This is fascinating stuff for me because what what's happening in my particular area of influence, you know, in the in the dental world, is I, I get people to call me all the time and say, "I want to create exactly what you have." I'm like, well, what, what exactly do you want? Well, I want to, you know, blah, 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 their version of whatever they think I have. And I always ask, well, why? Why do you want it? Like, I want to hear the reasons why. And this is a lot of my borrowed teachings from, from Tony and from you. It's just, what does Tony always say? Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure, right? So we chase this, you know, the, the, we chase the, the destination of success because we believe it'll bring us to the being of happy and fulfilled. And there's such a, a disease of more in our country and, 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 and social media definitely fuels it hundred percent because everybody's showing their best life at all given moments. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I would, that, that I would love to impart on, on the listener is that it's the beingness of happiness. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've spent personal time with both you and Tony and I've spent personal time with a lot of very successful people and the fulfillment and peace that you both have transcends anything else. And I, I readily recognize that, you know, if Tony were to lose everything, he owns everything, Tony would be fine. He'd make, he, he's at, he's, he's just, he has such a sense of, of fulfillment because his purpose is so great and he's fueled to that purpose. As was my purpose for building this building and the, and the environment that I housed was I wanted to revolutionize dentistry. And I made a conscious decision that if I made less money because of this, I would still be fulfilled. So talk to us and the listeners about fulfillment and achievement and, 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 and that uh, paradigm, like how you see those interplayed and how you think that that plays out for the, for the modern person these days. Well, I look at achievement or success. That's something external fulfillment and happiness or peace that's internal. And I think for the most fulfilling, rewarding life to, you know, the possibility of both 
realities are, you know, um, it's a beautiful thing because to have success and not having the awakeness of the beauty or the abundance that you live in is, is really emptiness. And um, we all know people that have great success and it's like just that insatiable. It's like going and eating and, you know, you're eating, uh, what do you call like? Um, yeah, Doritos. Yes, exactly. And it's like, there's that insatiable because it's, you're not getting nutrition. So you want more, you want more. And, you know, the inward path of, you know, I keep referring it to that, but fulfillment is an internal game. And uh, that's our job. That's our gift back to ourselves so that we can actually experience a beautiful life, be a beautiful human being. You know, what's beautiful, Craig, is your desire. You've had success and, and you know, you're at a stage where you want to give back. You don't want to just help people succeed or become a dentist. You want to help them find meaning in that. And that's a beautiful thing. What pulled me today to share. You know, it's an interesting concept I want to bring up to you as well. Uh, from the same book I was mentioning earlier, um, he talks about the first half of your life or like there's the book he was talking about is like wealth and then happiness almost in two chapters. And he talks about in the beginning, it's like freedom to people chase initially freedom to freedom to go on vacation, freedom to um, be able to pay their bills, freedom to have a car. And then once you make the money and you, or you have the level of success to have those freedom twos, you want freedom from, yeah. freedom from anxiety, freedom from constant thought, freedom from negativity. And he talks about it in a very interesting way. He's like, because people need a certain level of money to fix their money problems. Mm -hmm. But we've been conned in Western civilization to say, well, I got this much money and I'm this much happy. So if I get even more money, I'll be even more happy. And we all know the hedonic treadmill and the law of diminishing returns. So he says, the interesting thing is that to get money, you have to be a certain type of focused, disciplined person. And then all of a sudden you make a lot of money and you're supposed to like metamorphosize into a monk. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're a gunner, you're a, you're a go-getter, you're type A, you want to hustle, you want to make the money, and then you get it and you just have to shift. And there's a lot of people, and I know a lot of successful people that have tons of money mm -hmm. and they're really, really unhappy. One of my dear, dear friends, one of the most well-adjusted, loving, I love this man. He's an amazing human being. He exited his company for a lot of money and he's going through a really deep level of psychosis and he's calling me because he can't sleep. He hasn't slept in weeks. And I'm like, hey, I'm a dentist, but I'll, I'll try to practice outside my scope. I don't know what I could do. <laughs> but I, I, I got down to it. I'm like, I'm like I'll, I'll, mention, I'll make up a name so it doesn't ring to him. Uh, I said, Danny, I, you, know, you got all this money in the bank. And you know, are you like, you, know, you used to worry about your business, how are you going to keep it going or not lose it? You said like this existential threat of, of survival with your business. Now you've got all these millions of dollars in the bank. And I don't think you're working harder. You're not, you're not focusing on something productive. You're creating a psychosis. He's no Craig. I actually think about work a lot. I'm like, I understand you think about work, but you don't have that existential angst of survival. So all that human energy is being pent up. And I think it's keeping you awake. He's like, no, I really don't think he says, I think I need Xanax instead. And that was the end of the conversation. But it's interesting to see successful people that have their whole programming towards success because money was their object and not fulfillment and giving back and connection, all the other needs. So if you don't mind, and I'm sure you have a lot of people in your world, especially celebrities, athletes, and stuff like that, they've chased everything they want and they got it. And they start turning to you uh, for that. So speak to that if you don't mind. Well, I think once again, that's the human journey. And whether you have money or you don't have money, uh, you know, at some stage of our life, there's an emptiness, you know, and to have external things, but to not be awake that it's beautiful to not be awake to it's if you get in the rut of you know with your family or your loved one it's like the assumption and and uh you know that they're going to be there tomorrow you know we take so much for granted innocently that it's all going to be here tomorrow and yet we're here right now in this moment 
And if you have created success on the external, if you haven't, and you're in pain, we have a moment, we have an opportunity to touch life deeper. So I think that that's how that's, you know, whether it be pain, whether it be emptiness, whether it be loneliness, uh, it's all calling to us to wake up and, and, and recognize uh, just this beautiful life, uh, to recognize that uh, there's a kinder way to recognize that there's a broader perspective than the narrative that's running in our mind. There's uh, a process called uh, The Work by Byron Katie, and it's a path of inquiry. And, you know, if you have a thought, you know, this shouldn't happen, or he, she shouldn't do this, or, or this is unjust, and we have these thoughts, and we speak, when we have that thought and we believe that thought, it creates emotion. It's like, this is so unjust. I can't believe it. This is just so, it's just unjust, this whole situation. That narrative, I go and I share that narrative and I feel more of that and I share it here and I feel more of that. I'm in a shower and I'm just thinking it. And it's just this perpetual uh, circular internal pain. <laughs> yeah. And I've gone through it so many times and it's, it's, oh, it's so the good. monkey brain. You just can't quiet it. And you just, it's that self-perpetuating cycle. And I, and one of the things I really appreciate you, I'm going to pivot just for one moment is you always ask me how I'm doing with my wife, which is awesome. And can I just one thing just to say that? When you say you, you can't quiet it, we can identify what you're believing and thinking. You know what I mean? The thoughts that are actually causing that level of disrupt. It's like there's, if we slow down enough and we tune in enough, it's like, you know, a lot of times we're experiencing emotion. We don't even know why, but there's a belief that's actually causing that level of emotion, that level of suffering. And it's usually the fact that we're fighting with reality. This shouldn't be happening. She shouldn't do that. He should do this. And so it's all of our shoulds and shouldn'ts for life rather than it's like, okay, when my husband was going to the hospital last year, at the beginning, I was fighting this can't be happening, but it was happening. <laughs> and in the moment, I, I felt like I, it wasn't even that I was so awake. I just, I, I had no choice. It was like, it was so acute and emergency in front of me that it woke me up to be like, gosh, <laughs> this beautiful life, it didn't matter anymore. You know, just everything just washed away. You know, I keep going back and hitting practice and I'm just saying it. It's like every great concert pianist, Tom Brady, the best athletes in the world, they all have a continual practice. And for my own experience, for me to know a level of joy, happiness, ease, peace, uh, harmony within me, that takes my doing on a daily basis. The tools that I use, meditation, prayer, I do priming. And as well, I do the work, the path of inquiry. They've all been tools for me. Uh, when I have internal discord and I'm tying knots unconsciously inside myself and I'm not seeing reality straight in front of me, those are all tools that I do. I meditate and I pray daily and then I'll use inquiry when needed. And I do priming probably about, you know, four or five times a week. That's great. I do a practice at nighttime. I do my priming in the morning. I do my prayers, you know, first thing in the morning, I do my meditation and prayers at nighttime. And I just, you know, bookend it. I have just 10, 15 minutes in the morning, 10, 15 minutes at night. And that's time to just be awake uh, and fill my mind and being uh, so that I can, when I'm in my life and I go outside and I close my eyes, it's like I'm already flooded with that grace. And if I'm have external discord happening, like we all do every single day of our lives, I can tune into a different station just besides the static that's just going of the dramas of the outside world. Yeah. And, and I appreciate this left to it, your own, you know, default. The default is not good for human beings without that intentional practice. It's like, you know, the gym takes time as well. You go in resenting it and you leave like, Oh, thank God I did that. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've gone through many of, 
Tony's trainings and actually I think all of them. And, you know, I leave those and I'm doing the work and life is magic. It's magic for me. But what do I do? I stop going to the gym. I stop doing the work. And I wonder, it's like going to the gym like for every day for six months and being amazed at your physical condition and not going for six months. You're like, oh, the gym doesn't work. And it's the same thing. You got to do the work. So I, I appreciate that. And but one more thing, like a little yeah, bit of today even can set an alarm and it's like this. I'll have on my heart, I have like little heart and, you know, prayer hands and it's just like 60 seconds of grace, I call it. And I'll get an alarm and it's like, okay, my 60 seconds of grace. And I'll, if I'm outside, I'll notice if I'm, in the kitchen and my family's there. I go from like being a part of it, the conversation, just like watching. You know? oh, so beautiful. I love that. It's like you're watching a movie. It is. Yeah. And you're actually, you know, you're in a great movie, you're taking it in. But before I was too busy to be the character, just the moment before that. And I'll get my, and it's my commitment to myself. And I get my 60 seconds of grace. I, I live it. I do it. And uh, it's blessed me so massively. And what's beautiful, sometimes I'll be at the dinner table or whatever and Whatever I feel, I get to I get to share that with my loved ones, and it's a it's a beautiful way to l- relate. It creates an intimacy with life. I love that. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll actually do that around the office a lot because, you know, I'll see like doctors like connecting with patients or two people talking, and I like I'll just observe them. Like, how cool is that? You know, and and it's a it's a really cool construct to look at it like a movie. Like we gotta stop playing the character sometimes. Yeah. Got to, you know, because we absorb ourselves in the movies. When we go to the movie, we like want to watch and we want to take it all in. But mm-hmm. life, life could be a movie as well if you design it. So that's True. awesome. We can have a romance or a drama or a horror or what, you know, we, and I think we probably truthfully have just about have every film in this lifetime. I feel. <laughs> we do. But, but we can co-direct. And a lot of us don't realize that we have that capacity. And once again, in order to co-create, I think that's where the practice comes in of that consistency uh, of committing to, um, you know, have a more beautiful life because we, it takes our consciousness to do so. If not, we're just in the thread of the narrative just going. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's uh, my wife, I have a special uh, thing that my wife knows when I've been talking to you, like whenever I see you, because invariably, she can sense that difference. You're so good about asking about how we are and what we do and, uh, and how we're doing rather. It's, it's, it's actually really cool that, um, that you've like interrogate, I, I use the word interrogate, but I know it's loving. It's like, how's it going? I'm like, well, you know, and, and you're like, no, I don't know. Tell me more. Like I wind up just spilling the beans and cause I got, I've got for those, I've just got this amazing woman in my life. She is dedicated and beautiful and kind and works her you know, tail off and, She's just a strong, strong pillar in my family. She's actually the glue and the structure that holds everything together. And she supports all of us. And, but the, you know, and, and this is not a softener at all, because I don't want to incur the wrath of you, uh, your loving wrath. But I, I've told Sage that sometimes, well, you know, it's a lot of familiarity. She's like, no, I don't know. And, and, I, and I appreciate that so much because I use that against with people as well. Yeah. Because if you're around something long enough, you'll tend to take it for granted. And talk about the movie, I just take inventory of what she does. And it just amazes me. But she's so amazing. The sun is amazing. Yes. But like, when's the last time you're like, oh my God, when the sun is so magnificent. It's always there every day. It's true. So it's just a constant struggle to stay present in that. And I really appreciate that you, that you recognize um, this force in my life and you, you want me to, you encourage me to be the best for this force as well. I love how you love your lady. I think it's really beautiful. And I also love that you have a desire to, you know, be your best self, to connect to your truest self. You know, when you talked about, we live in a culture of like more and more and more, I think the most sincere 
more is more authenticity, you know, more sincerity, uh, more kindness, more love, uh, more forgiveness, more tolerance, more wisdom, not just information. I think those are the most sincere uh, mores, because uh, not to say you can't have more of something external as well, but those are the target that we're blessed with when we desire to live a meaningful life and work to not just be a human being, but be our most beautiful human being we can possibly be, be our, uh, the version of our best selves. And that's always a work in progress. I can look at a photo of myself five years ago and think, I remember what I was believing and thinking back then. And I'll see how I dressed or something. And I'll have compassion for myself now because it's like, oh, I remember, I remember what I was going through. I remember what I was, I remember it all. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful to see those whether it can happen even in a year, I mean, in a week for me sometimes, but those like landmarks of looking back and seeing who I was, but she got me here, you know? Where exactly, you got what you needed. Perfect. We're not perfect human beings, we're a work in progress. And I think that that's the beautiful gift of being a human being here is we have, we have an opportunity every single moment to start fresh, to start new, to begin again. And I think that that's, that's a really beautiful thing. It is, it is a really beautiful thing. And um, I think with that, I, uh, I know I want to be respectful of your time. It's, it's just been such a joy to have you here. And the way you, um, the way you see the world and your understanding has been such a blessing for me. Um, and I feel God has put, you know, God, whatever your spiritual belief is, the universe has put you in my life because I have this platform. And why do I get such special people that get brought into my life? if it's not for to pay it forward. So I'm certain that there's not just one or two, but you know, even if there just was one or two people that heard this message and it righted them, it allowed them the space to say, okay, I, I am being a little hard on myself. I am being myopic in my, in my viewpoint. Um, and I am, I am looking at all the things that are going wrong and I'm, maybe I am overindulging or, or spending too much time taking inventory of what's going right or wrong rather. And that grace that you can give yourself is something that's healing in and of itself. And if you want more love in your life, you have to give it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you give, you'll get. I tell my kids that every day, if you want more support, you have to give more support. Mm -hmm. And those opportunities are all around you. So, um, and no matter whoever's at home listening, right now whatever you're feeling it's okay you know we've truly all been there I might be in a different place at this exact moment but I can't promise you what's going to be happening in my life in 30 minutes from now and I think that's a beautiful thing is you know if you're in a home and you're in a family or or whether you're alone you're alone with yourself um, but you know we can be a blessing to life we can be a blessing to our own lives we can be a blessing to each other you know whether you believe in God or divine intelligence but Whatever force beats your heart, I believe that we're put on this planet to serve that and to serve each other. We all get to share our experiences, hopefully be a bomb or, you know, just relatable in a moment that somebody that's out there listening is can find some kindness in their hearts for themselves and to know that it's not going to last forever. <laughs> and true. it's always a new beginning and uh, that there's a higher intelligence and purpose that is possibly you know, below the surface. And if we have a willingness to be awake to that or see that or find that, it is my experience. We're always led to that. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful sentiment. So thank you so much. That's, that's awesome. And I couldn't help but think when you were just closing with that, you know, we're talking to dentists by and large here too. We're, we're providers, we're healers, we're, we're people that got in to help people. You know, no one goes into dentistry like, oh, I'm going to take over the world and make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. We're, we're actually here to help. Mm -hmm. And we're healing, we touch people. It's very rare that there's professions that actually there's 
permission to touch people, put your hands on them and be in their space. So, you know, there's so much giving that we do and we, we tend to um, think of, you know, that there's, that it's not significant, but it's significant what we do. And, and you could focus on a deeper level of healing for your patients, not just in your craft, but your, if your intention's right, if you're in a peaceful place, your work is a vehicle for your healing as well. It's true. And honestly, I'd love to just touch upon something, Craig, because something that I've noticed, I believe in cultivating harmony. And so in my home, you know, I have like a Pandora station, I think it's called Binarial Peace. And I just have it on. It's like, I'm blanking out what it's called, but it's like uh, 428 hertz. There's like a, a megahertz. It creates like a coherence of brainwaves. So I have that on in our home and I just have it in the background playing. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's melodic. It's not for everybody. Actually, for you, it might be, who knows, country western, or it might be, you know, whatever, or rock or whatever. But for me, I find that that's just, I don't know, it, it, it brings a coherence and it brings a harmony. And uh, it's just beautiful to listen to. I like candles in my home. I have incense in my home and just all very intentional. And I'm only mentioning that because coming to your uh, office, I noticed those little touches, Craig, that when I walked in, I, it didn't just feel like I was walking into an office. You had essential oils going, and it seems like that's a simple thing, but it's, you know, there's something about that sensory experience that makes somebody go, oh, you know, it feels like home. It feels, you feel safe. You know, you feel cared for. You feel looked after. When I came and sat in your chair and, you know, you were always very disarming and, you know, there's, there's that trust and that relating and, and you brought your presence to those moments and your team is so gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, you're so good with me and Michelle, my assistant too. Oh, like, she's such, a, she's such a light. She's just, you know, just her joy and, and her playfulness. And it's just like, sometimes we diminish the, the, um, just the virtues of, of, of kindness and grace and the, the thoughtfulness that our smile actually can make a difference in somebody's lives. And I think that that is the true healer. You know, there's the practice of what you're doing with dentistry, but if you, bring yourself to the table, you bring yourself to that and you touch life deeper. And it's like, okay, I can go through the motions and just do this. So I can actually make a meaningful connection. How beautiful for you and them. And, and that's, that's what love does. That's, that's, why true. that's a great title for this, by the way, dentistry is love. That's a great way <laughs> to come right through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, um, you know, you've actually, when you come in and we talk, you know, Michelle's my right hand. She's been with me for five years and she's, she's a, a very special person and she's someone I spent a lot of time with and we have a really amazing profound relationship and that energy you know when you have a team that you connect with and you support you heal your patient even better you hear about so many dentists and complaining about their team like oh these people are so ungrateful and that's actually a diseased energy you know mm -hmm. if you're trying to be in a healing environment you better have everybody you know in a good space and a good relationship so that's a good thing to touch on as well. But I want to be respectful of your time. It's been so awesome. 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 Sage, I really appreciate you. You've, like I said before, you've left uh, uh, an indelible mark of beauty on my life and um, your, your strength and your ability to, to uh, crack, crack open some things that need to be cracked open for me will, will, uh, will never be forgotten. So just appreciate you being here and sharing your, your beauty with the audience. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation and God bless everybody who's listening and thank you for your willing hearts and maybe we'll cross paths sometimes. Take care. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much.